0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Have every week, people that will listen online um, on Facebook Live and watch, they're watching right now, and then we put that on Facebook. And then we also have people uh, listen to our podcast. Um, we have people all over the world actually listen to uh, the podcast. And so, can we just give all of them a warm welcome who aren't here with us this morning? Awesome, awesome. Hey, I am uh, I'm excited for this series. I don't know about you, but I I love I love certain Christmas movies. There's some that I just do not care for, and uh, some of those have the word hallmark in them, um, and, and not just, I don't know, I'm just not like a typical, uh, I, I don't know, I like romance movies, you know, like like Die Hard, um, but, you know, or, or Hitch is about as far as I go on the romance side, but I am kind of a sucker, and uh, th- today I'm excited to do this movie. And uh, these are all my favorites, since I'm the one preaching, so I get to pick, so it's kind of fun. And uh, I asked you this week, so I gave you a little clue into which movie I was preaching out of, because I asked you all for a little vote on social media. And so, uh, preaching out of The Grinch today, how many have seen one version of The Grinch, at least in your life, one time? Okay, if you haven't, I'm going to completely ruin the entire story for you today. Alright, so, um, if you haven't seen it by now... Too bad. All right. So there you go. And uh, uh, here's, here's where it came in at. There's three Grinch movies. There's one that came out last year that's animated. That one came in with an impressive one vote who liked it. I haven't even seen it. Sounds like it's not even worth it. All right. Second place came in very close tied with third place was the original Grinch uh, Dr. Seuss uh, animated version at 43.5%. Number one. Jim Carrey version at 52.5% was the Jim Carrey version. Jim Carrey is The Grinch. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Who here's seen it? By round of applause. Who's seen this? This Grinch. Okay. This This is my dad's favorite movie, probably my wife's least favorite movie. And so. Uh, It's creepy, like Jim Carrey's so creepy in it, man Like he does such a good job with this And so we're going to unpack this movie a little bit If you're not familiar with it, you'll get some of the content this morning And I want to find some biblical truth from within this movie that we can unpack together today Um, How many of you, just out of curiosity, have ever like gone through a fast food, uh, you know, drive-thru And it just didn't go the way you thought it was going to? One person. Okay. All right, everybody. All right, so so here's the deal. A few weeks ago, probably about a month ago, my wife and one of my sons, they were driving through a drive through of an establishment that will remain unnamed, and it's not in our town. And, uh, and so they were driving through, and they're on their way out, and my son orders, a, you know, something. And, and in the something, I'm giving you lots of clues here to figure it out, he, he bites down in this something, and there's something hard. And so, like, sometimes you've been into, like, beef before, and there's, like, a bone or something, you know, like, I get that. But this was hard, and he takes it out of his mouth, and it's literally about uh, about the size of a dime, but the thickness of a nickel, and it's metal that he bit into at this fast food. Like, anybody bit into something that shouldn't have been there at a fast food restaurant? And it's awful, okay? And so, so I talked to my wife, and I said, look, I can get so fired up about stuff like this that I need you to be the one that deals with this. And so she starts dealing with it. She's way more nice than I am. And so she starts dealing with it and being really nice and calling and, you know, trying to take care of it and all of that. And, and she's so nice that no one ever called her back. And, uh, and so it was not good for this boy when that took place. Because anybody out here, you want justice, right? I demand justice, you know? Doesn't the Bible say justice is yours, not his, right? And so um, <clears throat> it doesn't say that. And, and so I call this company up I almost said it and uh, I, I gotta be so careful here because I don't want to skew their name and uh, I'm like hey look my, my wife and my son they went through this and, and this is what happened and they're like oh that wasn't my establishment that was this other person's you gotta talk to him so I don't hear back from them for two weeks, three weeks. So I'm fine. You want to fight? We'll fight. And so I went on to Yelp. I went on to TripAdvisor. I went on to Foursquare. I went on to Better Business Bureau. I like, just land blasted the company. And I was like, look, are you kidding me? Like, like, like we'll have some t- We get great r- reviews usually from people here. And sometimes we'll get ones that's people that just don't like Jesus, not church. And so we'll reach out to them. So I'm thinking, well, they'll reach out to me, right? Nothing. And so, Better Business Bureau sends me a message and says, we closed your case because that's a case in Minnesota, not at our corporate location. And I'm going, my kid put metal in his mouth, there needs to be justice, and I was, oh, I was mad, I was so mad. Anybody been there, just me, you know, like, okay, and I was like, come on, and so finally, I'm like, I'm emailing back and forth, and... And I talked to Heather about it, and we have this conversation, and, and we are, if you know my wife and I at all, we are like opposites in everything, okay? From the things we like, from the things we don't like, from the way we, we think we should operate and, and discipline with our kids. We're so opposite, that's why we work, okay? Like if we were both the same, one of us wouldn't be needed in this marriage, right? Okay? So hopefully your spouse is different than you. I love I, I love when I go to premarital counseling with a couple and they're like, "Oh, we're both the same." I'm just like, then don't get married. Like you don't need the other person. Might as well end it right now. So so anyway, it's a real short premarital. And uh, we're talking and she goes, "Hey, we gotta we, we gotta have our hearts right." And I go, "Mine is." And she's like, "I look like Jim Carrey, you know?" And and uh, she's like, "Well." I think I'm just gonna, and she she gives me these three words that I just. Does your spouse ever say three words? They're not "I love you." They're other ones, and and you're just like, Wah! like the, the hair on my back, and I have a lot. Just stand straight up, and and I'm like, she, she says it, and it's it comes out of her favorite worship song of all times. Okay, and and if you've ever seen the movie Frozen, you know the three words. And I'm like, I can't. I cannot let it go. And she's like, we need to. What do you think Jesus would do? Oh, don't play the Jesus card. Don't, no. And so I did. We let it go, and, and I went from there. But uh, let me ask you this. And, and they gave us, you know, what, what's funny is they gave us free meals to go back. I mean, that's just, I said, Heather, they're all yours. Merry Christmas. So don't expect anything in your stocking, dear. Um, let, me, let me ask, has, have any of you ever been done wrong Anyone ever done you wrong? Now, I've been done wrong. You've been, we've all been done wrong, right? Okay. But here's the difference. I think sometimes when I'm done wrong, like if it was metal in my mouth, I'm like, whatever, I'm good, peace out. I'll, I'll be okay. I will let it go. And, and I'll just, I'll be good. But then when it's like somebody I love, and somebody I care about, and you did my kid wrong, how dare you? And it's just like this... I'm like just this teddy mush inside, usually. And it's like that mush manifests into the Hulk cross with the Grinch. And it's really green and bad, okay? That's what... Why does that happen? It's because we care. But I think God cares even more than we do. And that's the realization. That is... I know some of you guys out here. Some of you, we even did lunch and dinner this week. And some of us, that's so hard for us to go... I'm just going to surrender and let God take care of it. Aren't we guys? We're just so good at that, right? Talking to the men right now. Ladies, you can ignore me. But guys, any of us good at that? No, we stink at that. Why is it? Because we are like the Father. We have a Father's heart and it's tender. We want the best for our family. So this protective side comes out and we go, I want to protect. I want to take care of And God is saying, I can take care of and protect better than you can. So shut your face. That's what God's saying to us in a really nice way. That's what he's saying to me, just in a real, like, two-by-four across-the-forehead kind of way. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need God to just tell that to me. Like, just say it, all right? Let me give you this first thought here this morning. Your response reveals your inward expression. Now, your response will reveal your inward expression. I'm not talking something you even say, but it could be what's harbored in your heart when you walk away. Okay, that's your response. Your response might not be anything that comes out of your mouth, but it's what is revealed in your heart, is really what's happening. Only God sees that usually, okay? Now here's what it says in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8, and we'll get back to the Grinch in a few moments, but i got to give you some really cool context this morning. So any, anybody like Bible nerds in here like me, I'm, I'm going to give you some cool stuff this morning that I really like, okay? Any, any? I got two. Sweet. Alright, I'm going to make you all into Bible nerds this morning. You're going to love it more than the movie The Grinch. Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. We're not talking Star Wars here, okay? During the time of testing in the wilderness. Do not harden your hearts. Everybody say harden your hearts. Do not do that. Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Now this verse, oh my gosh. There's so much like just... Like, like as, as a Bible nerd, I'm just like, oh, this is like the nugget verse of all verses. This verse is like so packed, man. It's like, it's like that can of worms you open and, and you know those old cans and they like spring everywhere and they just go all over the place. And you're like, yes! There's so much to this. It, it, it's just incredible. Whoever the author of Hebrews was that wrote this 2,000 some years ago, what he was implying here is just incredible. And So I want you to grasp this. We'll come back to Hebrews and we'll finish with some Grinch. But I need you to get within the context of What's happening here? So this person in chapter 3, verse 8, they wrote, Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Now, this remarkable verse is talking about, and if if you know your Bible, you might know this. If not, we'll, we'll get you all on the same ship here this morning, is back many years before Jesus' time, what happened after, after Adam and Eve, and then you go past that, and you've got Jacob, you've got Abraham, you've got Isaac, and then eventually um, they end up in this land of Egypt where Joseph was, and, and so here they are in Egypt, and they were there, we have no idea how long, hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, we don't know, and while they're in this land of Egypt, you have all these Israelites, they're in Egypt, and eventually they get to this place where Moses leads them out of Egypt, because God says, I have a better place for you, because what was happening is the the Egyptians realized there was way too many Israelites, and so we're going to enslave them all. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay, so all the Israelites were going to be enslaved in Egypt. And so God led them out through somebody named Moses. And Moses leads them out into the wilderness. Now all of the Israelites were like, Yes, freedom! We're so excited. And their hearts at that time were really soft. They're like, This is going to be great. We've been enslaved. We're going to have this incredible journey. God's got our back. God loves us. He's got us. If I say yes to Him, everything's going to be okay. No. This is your invitation to accept Christ. Okay? It ain't going to be sugars and roses and plums. That's just not the way it works. Okay? But he's there during those times. And so they go out having this incredible expectation. And and so what happens is the person who wrote Hebrews chapter 3. This is just, oh, I love this. They go out and there's actually five different instances who the person in Hebrews wanted us to see. They wanted us to catch. And so they're on their way from Egypt to the promised land. And and they get to five different areas where the Israelites really harden their hearts. And I want you to see this. The first is they enter uh, to the desert of Sin. Okay, it's spelled Sin, but it's, it's pronounced Sin. And they get here, and this is what it says. I'll put it up on the screen. Exodus chapter 16, verse 2 through 3. In the desert, the whole community the the Howell community the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron uh, and, and the Israelites said to them you brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death how dare you they're mad their hearts were becoming hard now here's what's interesting they go on and they demand from God bread they're like god we just need bread we need something it's the first time did God answer? If you know, if you know your scripture, did, did God answer their plea, even though it was out of the wrong motive and the wrong heart? He did. What did He send to them? He sent the, this stuff raining from heaven, it, and it's in Hebrew. It's called manna, which literally means what the heck is it? <laughs> like that's literally what it, I love that. I, I just love that. Well, what is manna? It's bread. No, it means what in the world is this stuff? That's literally what it means. They don't know, but God sends it and He provides. That's the first. Number two. Ever say number two? Stay with me. I know I'm going quick here. In the journey the second place, they eventually come to this barren land called Massah. Okay, this is what it says just a little bit further in Exodus. But the people were very thirsty there for water. So they had their food, now they're, now they're complaining about thirst. And they murmured against Moses, and they said, Why in the world did you bring us from Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? I mean, this is like extreme. Now, I, I know in our lives when our hearts get hard and none of us ever go to extremes like this. I know Bible's just so non-relevant to us today. And it was just the Israelites back then who had issues with God. I know none of us ever have. Tongue-in-cheek sarcastic, okay? There you go. All right? So here they are. And they're like, God, we need something to drink. Did God answer it? He did! If, if you know the story, it was a miracle. Out of this rock came water and they all started drinking. It's an incredible miracle. That's number two. Okay? Number three, they go uh, to this mountain called Sinai. Now this one's my favorite one because here's what happened. Just to paint the context, they're on this journey. Moses has heard the people grumbling and complaining, you know, like, what's wrong with this in ministry? What's wrong with that in ministry? What's wrong with you and your leadership and blah, 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 blah. And Moses is like, I need time with God. And so he goes up to the mountain and he's spending time with the Lord. Now during this time, wouldn't you think the leader is spending time with God so the people are going to grow closer with God, Right? No. This is what it says. It goes, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, you could literally say, when Moses was spending too much time with the Lord. That's what that means. They gathered around Aaron and they said, come, let us make gods who will go before us. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe it doesn't make sense to you, but what they were doing is they were going, we're tired of waiting on the Lord we're tired of it we believe in these promises but we're not seeing it so they go to Aaron and they say to Aaron they go hey we got this a great idea let's make god for ourselves and Aaron buys into it and says yeah i'm i'll kind of done with him too and so their hearts all become even more hard during this journey and so Aaron says to them go find all the gold you can and if you're if i don't know if you're familiar with the story if not what they do is they take all the gold and they melt it together and they make this god do you remember what it looked like it looked like a, yeah, a little baby cow, calf, that they worshipped. Why? That's the dumbest thing in the world. they would be like, alright, guys, let's, you know, if God's not real. Let's all collect our jewelry and let's put something up on the altar that we can, we can worship, you know? We don't worship the Tonnenbaum in our church, by the way. We believe that Jesus is the only thing to be worshipped, right? Okay? That's what they did because they wanted to see it. They wanted, their hearts were hard. They weren't open to the things of God. Number four, everybody say number four. They arrive at Tibera and they demanded real food. We're just getting this man of crap, and we're getting water, but man, we, you know what? We're tired of water. We want a Red Bull, God. Lord, all you're giving us is these little sardine thingies. We, we don't want that, man. We want a filet mignon, Lord. It's not good enough. It's not, the walk, it's not good enough. They become and They can't even see God working in the miracles that he's doing constantly in this journey. This is what they say in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, "If only we had meat to eat! If only we had meat!" God has provided for them all along the way, constantly. And so God sent them not just manna. Do you remember what He sent them? Shouted if you know it. What did He send them? Quail. What's quail? a little little? You know, they're like a duck. And and He sent them all this and and bird and like a grouse, excuse me. And they're all over the you know the ground. They're everywhere. And and He goes, "I'm here to provide. I'm here to provide." Number five, they arrive at Kadesh. This is the last one I want to give you. Here's what it says in Numbers chapter 20, verses 2 through 4. This one is tough. Now there was no water for the community. Okay, pause right there. Was God with them in the desert? Were they going through a tough time? Yeah, they were. But God was still there. He wasn't changing their circumstance, but he was developing their character to serve him all the days of their life. The people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and they said, If only we had died with our brothers, fell dead before the Lord, why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? You ever heard that old phrase, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it? You know what happened to these people? If you read on right here in Numbers chapter 20, do you know what happens to them? They all die in the wilderness, they do not inherit the land. Okay, Moses goes on, he gets frustrated, all of their hearts become hard. Now, I don't know about you, but if we live out of a hard heart versus a soft heart, what do you think we're going to reap from what we sow? We're going to receive hardness, yeah, absolutely. And so let's utilize these stories from the Israelites, let's learn from there, because I guarantee every single one of us has areas of our heart where it's hard, where we've been hurt, where we've been done wrong, and it might not just be by that place called blah, 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 when we're driving through the drive-thru, Okay? Could be somewhere else. I don't know. Could be somebody else. So let's go back to Hebrews a few chapters later. And and this is what I want you to to see. And just a moment, don't put it up quite yet, but I want you to see this. Okay. What happens is when our hearts become hard and we don't deal with it, this is what happens. Go ahead and put that up there. For some reason. Oh, not the the verse, I'm sorry. For some reason. The, here, I'll read it to you. This is what it says. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You can go ahead with that clip now. For some reason, when he came home that day, he really got into the Christmas spirit for the first time. Baby, to you Perfect. and Hanging around a Christmas tree. Oops. Ah. Was love. What a lovely family animal! Oh. Oh. I want you all to look your best tomorrow You don't have a chance with her You're eight years old and you have a beard Has everyone given a gift? Merry Christmas, Martha May. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that (laughs) idiot or his gift. Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. Yes, you take it off. Put the book down and your foot. Look at that hat job. <laughs> All right, you can pause there. Thanks. Th- this scene is really hard if you're not familiar with the story this is really how he became the Grinch it's kind of a flashback he has of how kids were making fun of him and you can even see the teacher laughing and and this is really I mean for any of us in that situation some of us have been there some of us were even thinking back to things that we have gone through and right now and we're going and just know that's the Holy Spirit working in you okay that's with my conscience. No, that's the Holy Spirit who loves you and who is showing you things so that you can have healing in those areas. And even as I was putting this together, man, there was there was a time where I was going, you know, th- there was a time where I used to play certain sports, and and because of scenes like this, I chose to be going to drama and going to speech, and and I had to walk through some healing myself. You want to hear more about that? I'll share. But pulpit's not the place for me just to reveal all my baggage to you. And uh, but we all have those areas where we become hardened, where we become. Where we become we feel like we want that bag over our head we go i, I don 't I, I don't think people are going to accept me for the way I am, and so we start changing, and so he changed to the only thing he knew. he became angry, he be, you know he hated Christmas, he wanted stuff never to happen, and that all became from from basically this place of hurt, this place of wounding maybe you 've heard it before hurt people hurt people right and and so what 's interesting. Belton, would you put that verse back up, the one in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5? What I want you to see here is this. Anytime you have a hard heart, unless we deal with it, what can happen is it starts growing. It becomes a deep, bitter root. It becomes something that affects and defiles many. And so anytime there is a Fruit. So the fruit of the Grinch is this bitterness that he displays, this hatred. Anytime you see any kind of fruit like that, whether it's good fruit, you know, maybe you you display patience and grace to other people. Anytime there is a fruit, there is always a root, okay? Anytime there's a fruit, there's always a root. And and you have to look back at that root. Are they healthy roots? Because if you go, you know what, I'm just going to saw down that branch. What happens when you trim a tree of the bad fruit? Grows further, doesn't it? So you have to go back to the roots. You've got to go, all right, God, that hurt from those people. I've got to figure out how to get my hard heart soft again. You have to forgive. Well, I'm not forgiven. Well, you're still going to have a hard heart then. You've got to go, how can I get myself to a place to forgive, to let go, to be myself, even if I cut my face shaven, even if I have a junky-looking gift that I want to offer. So let's make this real practical here this morning. I have two thoughts for you that I want to unpack in the remainder of our time. First is this. You were never intended to live with a hard heart. None of us were. Okay, a hard heart is created by resentment, while a soft heart was the original masterpiece in design. Amen. That soft heart—that was, that was the original thing. Now, some of you guys, man—I know some of you guys—and you come off like you are full of testosterone and all that. You ain't. You're John Mushball, just like me. You know? You're like, yeah, I got, got, and. I, I think I've cried more with guys in our church than gals in our church, okay? We're all different, and that's okay. The reason I bring that up is it's okay to go, man, I have to realize deep down there is a soft heart that God wants me to have. If you approach somebody with a soft heart versus a hard heart, it changes that whole conversation, doesn't it? It changes it. Look, just this quick side note here. For anybody here in our area of life where you've ever felt busy or, or you've ever felt burnt out in life, um, I know that's probably none of us here. <clears throat> Again, sarcasm. If you've ever felt that way, and I don't mean this to sound harsh, but this is something I'm learning. I'm on this journey with you, is that burnout usually doesn't come from a scheduled conflict. It comes from resentment. It comes from resentment. I'll, I'll show you how. You might be like, no, 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 I'm too busy. What you're saying in your mind, though, is, well, somebody has it better than me. Or you're saying, well, I'm all alone. You feel like the Grinch. Or, I could never do what, what that person does. Or, why can't my life look like that? Why can't I have the job that I really want to have? Why can't I make the money that I really want to make? Why can't my kids act the way I want them to act? Why and so when we start those things, we go down that path. In every circle of our life, we're creating a hard heart. We're getting burnt out based by our own resentment that we're putting on ourselves. It has nothing to do with your calendar. It has to do with what you believe about your calendar. Okay? Well, I show up on time, but they don't. No one calls me, but I call them. And when we start buying into those lies, we, we start hardening our hearts. We get burnt out on life. We don't realize that God has created in us a soft heart to demonstrate and be Christ-like-minded to others. If you're with me, say yeah. Here's the second thing. This is the second thing I want you to catch. This one's tough. You end up doing the very thing that was done to you. Prove it. Two things. One, in the Grinch, okay, people were mean to him. So what is he? He's mean to them every time, without fail. This is a you reap what you sow, okay. If you don't forgive what you what somebody did to you, you'll do to somebody else. It's a biblical principle. Look at Pharaoh. Before the before the Israelites and Moses got out towards the Promised Land on their journey, God did something to Pharaoh over and over again. God called Moses to take the people out of Egypt into freedom. And then God did something to Pharaoh's heart constantly. It says God hardened his heart, okay, over ten different times. Hardened his heart. Hardened his heart. And so the Israelites are going, why, why, God, why do you keep hardening Pharaoh's heart? We're trying to get out of this place. Now there's great theological discussions we can have on why and how that all operated. We'll talk about that later. But the point is this. They ended up hardening their hearts towards God just as Pharaoh's heart was hardened, they did the exact same thing that they never wanted to. That's the other thing. How many of you ever said, I'll never be like my parent? And then how many of you be like, oh my gosh. Every single one of us, right? Every single one of us. Just a little quick side note for Bible nerds. Just a little, little fun nugget. Do you realize that every plague that, that happened, every plague that God did in Israel was on purpose it wasn't Well, why is it frogs why is it locusts why is it blood in the water why is it the moon being darkened why, why is it the Passover Do you know every single time you saw that was because what God was doing was, was demonstrating his power by basically eliminating and destroying an Egyptian God at that time all of them were lined up with different Egyptian gods you can read about it. it's really cool Charles Porter, our missionary, who we're we're blessing, we were talking about that this week at lunch, because that's what we talk about at lunch. We love it. And so um, it's incredible to see how God had his hand in all of that. Pharaoh and the people of Moses, they try to escape. Their hearts become hard. Let me just read this to you. Um, A hard heart, I don't want to miss any of this, so I want to read it to you. A hard heart is that where the conscience is seared and insensible. So this is like when you're like beyond even reason. Your heart is so hard that no matter what I say, no matter the words that come out of my mouth, the person that you invite to church on Christmas Eve, you know, Monica said they're coming, we're going to believe that. But you might have conversations with somebody where they just don't care. What happens is a hard heart can look like I don't care when really they're crying for somebody to care. They're crying for it. They're desperate for it. Um, A hard heart is where truth makes no impression. Where no religious effort is produced by any kind of afflictions where preaching is listened to without any kind of interest where invitations are ignored and where the mind is unaffected by the appeals of any friends the idea is that a refusal to listen to the voice of God is connected to a hardening of the heart let me say this I believe firmly that there is always hope go ahead and look to the screen Oh no, the slave, the precious, they'll be destroyed. And I care! What is the deal? Wait! <laughs> this can't happen. It shouldn't, it couldn't, it mustn't, it wouldn't. <laughs> not now, not then, not ever again. <laughs> <laughs> It's just joy, right? Hi, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> what are you doing after? I came to see you. No one should be alone on Christmas. Oh. He cared. There's hope, wasn't there? There's hope, okay? There's hope for you. Because I think sometimes we go, well, I don't know. You don't, you don't know what happened. You don't know what I've been through. And, and I believe that a kind answer, a soft answer turns away wrath. You know, read that in our word. And, you know, I'm doing some stuff in the high school right now, some different coaching and ski club and a bunch of different things. And, and one of the things I can tell you that, that these youth crave right now they don't crave somebody to tell them how to do it better. They don't crave, like, criticism. They crave somebody having a soft heart and just saying, hey, I'm with you. I got this. I'm sorry that you've had to been through what you've been through, but it's going to be okay. You got this. And then I'm going to walk alongside you. I think all of us here need to hear that and reaffirm that over and over. Here's the last point I want to give you is, is this. And then I've got one more clip after this. and me put that slide up. It's that transformation will never happen without an invitation. And and here's why. Okay, you, you need that invite. And so I want to make a huge invite to you today, and then I'm going to ask you to make a huge invite this week. So let's go ahead with that last clip. <laughs> Kids today, so desensitized by movies and television. What do you want? Mr. Grinch, I came to invite you... To be holiday cheermeister. Uh, holiday whoopie whaty? Cheermeister. Huh? Cheer Cheermeister. celebrate with friends. <laughs> That's a good one. It's <laughs> <That's> good. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. Cindy Lou Who invites him to be the Christmas cheer what a whoopie whatever he said. Took an invitation. I believe, and that. that scene is before the last scene I showed you, chronologically in the movie, but this last scene is really where it started. There was a root of an invitation. And so let me just give you a couple different ways you can invite, and I'm going to invite Meg to come up and uh, just play behind me here as we close. First thing is this, and probably the biggest thing I can ask you to do. If you have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ as your Savior, I believe from, and I'm telling you this out of love, that you will not spend eternity with Him. It's the only way that we receive it. Okay, it's not, well, I'm good enough. I got it. I, I got my heart soft. What point, at what point do you go, you know what? I'll never be good enough. How do we know? I, I want the confidence to be in my creator, not me. Right? I want that confidence there. So invite him in. Jesus, I messed up. I've had a hard heart. I haven't done things right. I feel like, God, even sometimes maybe you did me wrong, but Lord, I invite you in. Some of you need to make that invitation today. And follow him. Surrender to him. Say, Lord, I will go where you follow. Or I'll follow where you go. I will go wherever you tell me, Lord. And it's a surrendering of our life. Saying, Lord, I know I haven't been living for you, maybe in certain areas of my life, and I want to. That's a start. He's not asking for perfection at all. He's just saying, I'll meet you where you need to be met. Your invitation could be this. It could be asking for a soft heart in certain areas of your life. Maybe there's faces you see or circumstances you see or parents that have hurt you or family members and every time they come to mind, you're either brought to tears or you're brought to hatred or you're brought to bitterness or you're reminded of those things. That's only holding you. It's not affecting anyone else. For me, it was years of stuff from high school and, and things with my my parents that, that didn't go right and, and it was stuff that I just had to sit down and go, you know what, God? This is really heavy for me to carry, but for you, it's pretty light. And it's a releasing of that invitation for him to take that God gives you an open invitation but he'll never force it nor will we at the bridge church we're never going to force Jesus down your throat we're never going to say you have to do this or have to do that but it would not be showing you love if I said unless you know Christ you won't have eternity that would not be a loving pastor for me not to share that maybe maybe you're going you know what I'm good I'm good I've got Christ I believe in Him. I've invited God to soften my heart. And maybe that's where you're at. And that's awesome. That's probably some of you here. Then my call to you is not to ask God for an invitation, but you need to be that invitation to someone else. Put that last slide up, will you? The Christmas Eve slide. Do we have that on there? This is one of our biggest services of the year. We have fun. We rock out. It's going to be a great, great evening. It's one hour. And we're doing it a little early this year for those of you that that are sinners like me and want to watch the Vikings and Packers game that night. We'll get you home in time for that, because that's what the season's about, right? It is about quality time with family. Absolutely. And this is why we do a Christmas Eve Eve service. Because some of you are spending Christmas Eve with one side of your family. And Christmas day with another. Years ago, we started this in our church. We, we used to do Christmas Eve services and no one would come. And I'm like, duh, I don't want to be here either. When the pastor doesn't want to be at a service, it's not good. So I'm like, because I want to be a family. I want to be with my kids. I want to have one of my kids on my lap and I'm watching The Grinch and we're smiling and laughing. Or Thor, I guess. Whatever. Marvel movies in our house. That's our Christmas movies you need to invite somebody this year. Look at me right now. You need to invite somebody. Who are you inviting? Bring them with. It's a one-hour service. We put our best foot forward in every area that evening to make this a welcoming area where people can experience the living creator and have a blast doing it. Who are you inviting? You don't need, if you don't need an invitation, you need to be that invitation. So here's what I'm going to ask. Three things. We're going to pray and I'm going to pray for you three different ways. and get you on the way out of here. Number one, if you need to invite Christ in your life, do that. It's between you and God. You want to tell me or somebody else about it later? We'd love that. Number two, if you need to invite God to soften an area of your heart, that's still hard, do it. And number three, if you are going, I'm good there, and you need to figure out who that person is that you're inviting, ask God to show you. He'll show you. He cares. So let's pray. God, I thank you this group of people here I thank you Lord for those that have been here many times those that I've met the first time this morning I just pray God that you'd have your way in and through our hearts this morning God first and foremost if anyone here has not said yes to a relationship with you by saying Lord I'm a sinner I know that I'm saved by your grace I know that I receive eternal life not by anything I do but by everything you did on that cross I pray that they would receive you right now. I pray that eternity right now on this day, December 8th at 11.30 a.m., they had a connection point to the living God that saved them for the rest of their life into eternity. Right now, Lord, I just demand that and I command that to come forth from your heavens this morning as you transform the lives that need to be transformed within this church and within Facebook, within iPod, wherever at, God, this morning. Would you have your way? And then second, Lord, there's areas of our heart that you want to peel back like an onion layer layer by layer what's that next layer that needs to be peeled back whatever it is for each of us would you reveal that to us right now through your Holy Spirit would you show us what that is so that we can have a softer heart in that area not be like the Grinch but be like little Cindy Lou in the movie who who was so in love with this this creepy guy but still saw hope God that's you seeing hope in us even when our hearts are hard And Lord last I pray right now for those that we're going to invite those that you're putting on the hearts of people within this church right now Lord those that we're scared to invite those that we know we're supposed to invite those that we want to invite but we we don't even know how to do it maybe would you give us the grace and would you prepare their hearts to receive that invitation Lord, have your way in and through us today. I thank you just for your, your peace here this morning. God, it's just such a peace in this place. And, and we just thank you because you are that peace for us. And so I just pray a blessing over each family here this morning, each visitor here this morning. God, each, each grandma, each grandparent, each single person, each child, each teenager. Lord, every man, every woman here, would you bless them? Would you bring them to the next level of their faith journey that you want them to be at today? We pray this, and we praise you. And we all bind these things up in the name of Jesus. We all said together, amen. Amen means so be it. Hey, can we give God some praise on your way Come on, let's clap for him. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.